Welcome to Tango Talk, Episode 5. I'm Hezekiah. And I'm Chris. We have a jam-packed episode for you today. We're unpacking the new Chosen episode that aired this past Sunday. So spoiler alert, if you don't want to know what's going on, go back and watch it, pause this video, come back later. But let's get into it. Alright, let's get into it. Let's start with Hezekiah, man, what what was your favorite moment or highlight or character in this episode or the past couple episodes? Favorite moment it was probably when uh, they were going to Jairus' house and he just walks by walks by the dude and then goes inside, tells him all to get out and goes upstairs. Yeah, like yeah. One of their yeah, so there's a moment in, in scripture that's portrayed in, in this episode where um, they've got the mourners, the professional mourners that have been hired and so they're singing, they're crying. They're doing all these things, and uh, and Jairus and Jesus and the disciples hear what's going on, and there's a um, scribe or Pharisee or Jewish leader uh, at the entrance, and he initially was not going to let Jesus enter, and Jesus is just like whoop, <laughs> right on, right on in, and it was just so funny, so cool. Uh, Jesus was taking no. Um, grief from any of the Pharisees in the last few se- uh, few episodes, and so yeah. that was awesome. Um, goodness, what's my favorite moment? I think I talked about this in a previous episode, like the anticipation of see- seeing the woman with the issue of blood healed, and man, it has to be my favorite moment. It was just so well done, so beautiful. Um, Jesus looks at the crowd, as we see in Scripture, and he asks, who touched him? And, you know, there's all kinds of people around. She's on the ground at this point still, and, and no one's coming forth. And so he asks it a couple times, and he says, I know someone touched me because I felt power go out from me. And, like, he kind of looked at her, and then uh, I forgot who, like, looked at him, like, pointed, but he was like, I know. And he was, like, he was like waiting for her to, like, say. Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. Because I think he... he no, and so I'm glad that Kaya says that. Like, that's important. That when you're healed... When, when Jesus moves miraculously in your life like he did for this woman, like we, we are encouraged by the testimonies, by the testimonies of each other, by the testimonies of what's going on. And so her story was recorded for all generations to read yeah. that you spent all of your money, all of your own willpower and strength to be healed, and you couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And Jesus comes on the scene, and Jesus did it. And the other favorite part that I had about that is um, she said, I, I just, I believe that if I just touched the, the fringe of your garment, the very tip of your garment, you wouldn't be made unclean, but I knew I would be healed. He said, it was not my garment that healed you. Mm-hmm. It was your faith that healed you. And it was so beautiful where he called that out and then he was pointing to Jairus and he was like, there's another one here with the, that type of faith. He's right there. You, you, you know, you guys have this faith in common. And it was just so powerful that so often today we don't see that level of faith. Mm-hmm. We want to try to understand it. We want to try to, you know, know what's going on, but we don't operate in that level of faith that just says, I don't have to understand it. I'm just going to see it, and I know God's going to do it, and I'm going to trust it. And so God dealt with that a lot, or, or, or they dealt with that a lot in this episode specifically um, because the, the disciples actually come back from, uh, from their ministry endeavors. Uh, I think it was in the previous episode, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, no, maybe it was this episode. Sorry, we watched them again last night, and so they're kind of getting blended. But they're all talking. And so they're talking about, uh, they're at the table before Jesus comes in and and leaves. They did uh, come back 
part one. Okay, so they, they, they came back they came in part back. one, yeah. and then uh, they discuss in this one, because we're still seeing some turmoil with some other characters, we'll get into that in a second, but um, they come in, and and John, um, the brother of James, or James, the brother of John, is really upset. He's like, he gave us all this power to do these good works, but I don't understand anything. And so they were highly dealing with the idea of faith, bl- you know, blind obedience, blind faith, just trusting God no matter what in this episode, and so John was upset that he's like, I don't, or James was upset because he's like, I don't understand what happened, I don't understand why it happened, some of the disciples were saying they felt power, some of the disciples saying they were worried about feeling power, and and should we feel this way, should we be this way, Mm -hmm. Um, like all of this kind of like turmoil, but I, I felt like it all centered on faith, like do we have faith, or do we have to control everything, or understand everything, and so, um, man, goodness, like, so emotional, so weighty. Um, one of the things, I, I guess, uh, a bit of critique, and this is not bad critique, this is good critique, but it's something that you want to be aware of in this episode. Um, this episode opens up with one of the most heart-wrenching um, situations that, that we've seen so far in the series, uh, and it colors a lot of the Simon and Eden um, storyline. And, and I just want to encourage you as parents, uh, for, for the younger viewers, uh, Eden, it's not incredibly graphic. There's there's blood that they, they kind of clean up on rags kind of on the side, uh, so you know what's going on. But Eden miscarries. Um, it's highly uh, hypothesized that uh, it's because of the broken cistern, and so it's the poisoned water. Um, and, and so um, she does this while Stephen, or sorry, while Simon is away. Um, and so that's that's kind of the, I guess, the unspoken thing in the room when he enters and, and all of their dialogue is like, yeah. how do you tell somebody that you loved as you were gone and this tragic thing happened and you didn't ask me about it, you didn't, we didn't talk about it and there hasn't been a time to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And the thing that, that I think is important about this type of thing is that it's real life. You know, Jesus calls us to to do the work of ministry, but so often people, um, I, I think we get things out of whack in the sense of he also calls us to steward our home. He also calls us to love our family and serve and minister to our family. And while our family is not to supersede him in, in our devotion and in our obedience and faith, um, he does want us to take care of them. If we have families, if we have children, if we have loved ones, he wants us to take care of them. And so, um, all throughout these last couple episodes, Jesus knows what's going on, but he's expecting, um, Dallas Jenkins, the writer, said that the theme of the season is that they would remember the scripture where he says, come to me, all who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And what I feel that Jesus is doing and what the writers have done with the dialogue here is Jesus is waiting for them to come to him. Jesus, why did you let my baby die? Jesus, why did you let this bad thing happen? And they're not going to him for rest. They're, they're honestly going to every other thing and they're being frustrated and, and strife and all of this stuff mm-hmm. instead of going to the one who can answer it. You know what I'm saying? And so... Um, be like Jairus. Yeah, be like Jairus. But man, it is it is so beautiful. One thing I'll say on that, since Kai said that was his favorite, it really hit me when, uh, when they got to the house and, and Jairus heard the music and he almost had a moment where he lost faith. He's like, mm-hmm. what? She's dead? 
and the, this uh, Jewish leader is like, don't trouble him anymore. He can go on because he's already irritated by him. You could tell the guy's spirit is bad. He's like, yeah. I know who you are. Like He's like very rude about it, right? And, and Jesus just looks to Jairus and he's like, have faith. She will be well. And, and he tells the, the singers, as we see in scripture, um, she's only sleeping. They all start laughing at him. And he's like, get him out of here. <laughs> and, and, and Simon, and like, Simon like, Peter is like, you know, like Ow. you see a little bit of the, uh, the hood rat in, in Simon uh, kind of come out there. He's like, hey, man, don't, don't make me have to rough you up kind of thing. Uh, so that, that was pretty I funny. The, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, what's his name? Zealot. Uh, Simon Zealot. Yeah. Simon the Zealot. He, he, told, he told him, uh, "Be nice." To him. He should have told that to Peter too. Yeah, <laughs> Simon. Yeah, he was he was encouraging the Zealot to be nice to everybody, and so yeah. uh, it is pretty funny how how we see some of those things continue to rise up. And I hope that gives you faith that that just you know, that's that's our favorite thing is the humanization of the disciples. Often we put them up so high on these scales. While they were great men and they did great things, they did it through the power of Jesus. And that same power is in you and I today, or at least it should be, right? And so to see their human side, that they still have faults, they still have failures, they're still being worked on by the Lord, just as we are, and it levels the playing field. That, that remember, it's not a competition among believers. We are doing His work, and we're all doing it together. And so um, those are some of our favorite scenes. Um, uh, a favorite character that I was initially very, very, um, I don't know, kind of apprehensive. Like, I was like, hmm, what's going on? Because I thought she was a bad guy. But it was Veronica, the, the woman with the issue of blood. Um, we saw a lot, of, a lot of growth in this episode uh, that kind of shifted perspective and, and thoughts around her. Um, I, uh, I saw a lot of growth. So initially, I was very worried about Yusuf. Um, I know he wrote the... Um, the account of what happened at the Sermon on the Mount, but I thought he did it from a negative perspective, and I saw a lot of dynamic between him and Jairus. Like, they're really, like, believing that Jesus is Messiah. They're kind of apprehensive to talk about it, but that was one of my favorite things that Jairus came to know, is he's like, Yusuf, tell me where Jesus is. And when he walks up to Jesus, he's like, I know you. And dude, it just like wrecked me. It's like, ah, like he, you know, and, and Jesus even called that out. He's like, you've never met me before, but you believe that I can heal your dying daughter. And he's like, I know you, like, I, I, I've seen you. Like he, he, uh, he even talked with Yusuf earlier on about how um, their ideas of, of Torah and how the Messiah would come as a warrior were all wrong. He's like, we had it all wrong. That's not how the Messiah is coming, and I've seen him. Like, this is the guy. Are you know? They're asking us to send him an account. Are you sure you want to say what we're about to say in this account that we send to him? And, and so we see a lot of dynamic between those two, and, I, and I've enjoyed it very much. It, it's it's one of those things that I liked about Nicodemus. It's like finally. One of the Jewish leaders that is actually for Jesus and advocating for Jesus. And so to see that in Yusuf and to also see it in Jairus um, is awesome. And, and it colors Jairus' story more because in scriptures we see that he's a synagogue leader, but we don't see like his perspective of it all, but we see great faith. And so this part of the story kind of coloring Jesus' story more, what they think about him, makes their act of faith all that much more, all that much more better in the grand scheme of things, and I know that was not good English. I'm sorry, but but it's like, oh my goodness, like this makes total sense. Yeah. Um, the Eden and Simon, and I would even say Gaius dynamic. Yeah. I like that because um, you know this is what I feel as like the preliminary before Simon 
uh, is at the um, Italian centurion's house, and, and their whole family gets saved, right? They, they send for him, and he has the vision and all that. And so the last two episodes, he's been talking a whole lot to Gaius, someone that he I would have never thought he would talk to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and same thing for him. And so he's talking about like their traditions and their culture. They're talking about how um, you know he, he uh, wouldn't take any drink from his flask because it wasn't you know purified and, and, and all that and uh, it was pagan and, and so they talk about that they talk about the name calling you know the dogs and the rats and and all these things they call each other um, he talked about uh, their gods and, and Gaius was um, impressed I guess in the sense that oh wow that's one god and he does everything you know and uh, you know so Gaius is naming off all his gods and how you know he's you know giving them all their, their names and titles and what they do. And, uh, and and he was like, oh, it's kind of cool that it's one God that does everything, but isn't that kind of boring? you know? And he's kind of given a general opinion. Um, and the thing that uh, I really enjoyed that I feel is a, a timely word for now, so I don't know who at The Chosen wrote this line in there, but it was so prophetic, not only for then, but also for now. But it's found in, in Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13. Uh, Peter says he's like, as they're fixing this broken cistern, uh, he and Gaius decide to do it together. And he says, I feel like I'm in a prophecy right now. He said, we, we have one God and we have these prophecies, because they were talking about parties and customs and all that. And he says, I feel like I'm living in one. He's like, what, what do you mean? He said, um, in the book of Jeremiah, he said um, that... Uh, 2.13, Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13, he says, My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. And he's like, and so Gaius makes a comment, he's like, oh wow, so your, your God is the God of water. And he's like, no, our God is the God of everything. And, and he said, well, it sounds like a riddle. And, and we were just talking this past Sunday about how prophecies can sometimes feel like riddles. And, and so we were seeing this kind of uh, correlation, which was wild, by the way. And then um, it was like, Gaius... It was like the Sunday, like, after like, you... Immediately yeah, after, yeah. Right after. And then Gaius, um, he starts kind of interpreting the word. And it's yeah. like, this is how you know that God can speak to anyone if they're willing to listen to him. Mm-hmm. And he starts saying, so you've turned your back on your God... And, and you're you're kind of experiencing all these things that come from that that lack of alignment. And I'm I'm coloring his words better, but that's basically basically what he said. And, and Peter's kind of just sitting there, kind of pondering it um, as the as the story advances between the two of them. Um, and this kind of goes into what I would cons- what I would call an upcoming thought, or maybe a conspiracy. What I think uh, I've been telling you for a while that I believe that Gaius uh, might be a prominent. Um, figure in the narrative of Jesus uh, in the sense that I either think he's the centurion that comes to accept Jesus when he's crucified and he's like surely this was the son of God or I'm believing that he might be the centurion of great faith. We already see that he's a man of enough faith that he he knows all of the gods, everything that they do, but there's a a storyline or a, um, a story that he talks about as he's talking to Peter and Peter asks, or Peter first says, hey, those five words, yeah, they didn't work. And he's like, well, what do you mean? He's like, well, I said them, and, and I meant, or I tried to mean it, but it didn't work out. He said, what do you mean you tried to mean it? Well, I don't know what I did. How can you apologize for something that you don't know what you did? They don't work that way. You have to know what you did in order to apologize. And so they're kind of going back and forth on, on this marriage uh, advice train. And, and Gaius uh, is asking him if he has kids. He says, no. And he asks Gaius, do you have kids? 
he said, I have two boys at home. Well, and he kind of colors it. I have one, two children at home. One of them is mine. The other is the son of a slave woman. And, and so Peter's kind of razzing him a little bit about it, and he starts to get defensive. He starts to get upset. He says, don't make light of my situation. And so it's something that's really close to him. But he says that the slave woman died, and they have begun to raise his, her son as their own, and that uh, his son and this boy are, are close, right? And so we, we see this, this servant-slave uh, dynamic in the household of Gaius. Mm-hmm. And, and I was telling the kids, I was like, you know, the next episode, um, and, and understand that there's a way that you can uh, download a Bible that's a chronological Bible and kind of process where they're going with the synoptic gospels kind of tying into each other and seeing where the stories are going. But in the episode preview, we actually see that John the Baptist is going to send some disciples to Jesus in the next episode, and they're going to ask if he's the Messiah. And so um, there, there's a lot I can say about this, but I've always wondered. Um, so John is family of Jesus. John was a champion of Jesus. He saw the Holy Spirit descend on Jesus. They had previous episodes where they talked together uh, before he was taken into prison. All of these things. And so John the Baptist's time is drawing near. He's about to be executed. Um, but the thing that, that is often interesting is a seeming lack of, or, or not lack of, but a, um, a moment of wavering in the faith. Like, did I get it right? Did I mess it up? Was I wrong all along? Like, you kind of start to analyze all these things in your life. And so I, I don't know if he was trying to do that or if he was just simply trying to say, man, I, I, I think it was Jesus. I, I believe it was Jesus. Maybe I just want to know. Maybe I want them to hear it. I, I don't know what his motive is. So I hope they color that and give us some ideas and some other, other things to process. I think it's one of those things we can all talk about for a while and speculate. But, um, but that's coming up next. And right around that story is the sto- story of the centurion with great faith. That his servant becomes ill, and he goes to Jesus. I actually send servants to Jesus, and um, and they ask him to heal his servant. And he says, "Don't even come to my house. I'm a man under authority, and all you have to do is say the word, and my servant will be healed." It just has a Gaius feel to it, uh, the way they've yeah. kind of set him up right now. Now it could be something completely different. I guess we will see, but uh, but I'm really excited to see how that that pans out. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one of the most um, I don't know just optimistic thing outside of the one with the issue of blood uh, those two stories of great faith just highly encourage me and, and I just I love seeing how uh, the writers put them together on screen it's just been such a good series we went back and watched uh, the last three or four episodes the other night mm-hmm. uh, just to color it more and, and yeah. man I've, I've got I've got so many uh, additional things out of it you know the story uh, where Jesus is back at Nazareth and he's saying these things and he's talking about uh, new wineskins and old wineskins. He colors that a little bit more in, in these last two episodes. And, and we actually were talking about that in our church and how uh, the ways of the kingdom, he said, they will not be contained in the old vessels, the old structures, the old systems. Mm-hmm. He actually uses that language uh, in the writing um, of, of the storyline there. And it was so helpful because uh, he even has little James grab a wineskin and he's like, you know, tell me how it feels, tell me about it. And he's like, it's hard, it's not really flexible, and he's like, that's it. Like, this is going to be so different. And I loved, uh, Philip came in and he's like, I love being revolutionary. And I was like, come on, yes, the kingdom is revolutionary, and it, it should uh, kind of press the line on things and, and understand that, um, you know, Jesus said that we're going to be persecuted. 
He said they're going to persecute you because they persecuted me. So not everybody's going to like you. Not everybody has to like you. The, the most important thing for us to do is, is to be sharing the gospel of Jesus, doing what he did, saying what he said, and, and, and seeking to please him first, not man, not people. And, and so that kind of attitude, that kind of um, life is going to upset some folks, and, and it's okay. Um, with that, what, what is your upcoming thoughts or, or kind of hopes or things that you're looking forward to? Um, uh, this is kind of a, like uh, two, two answers or whatever, but... Like one of my favorite characters is Gaius, so I really hope that he's the the one yeah. with the great faith, because he's cool and funny, especially when he was talking with the Simon. Yeah, yeah. We saw we saw a different side of him for sure. Or a different side of him and Simon. Yeah, which is kind of cool. So, yeah. What's What's your other one? Um, I don't even know. Because <laughs> like, there's there's a lot they could they could put out in this one. Because they put two healings in one. This they episode, did. and they can put way more on this episode, too. Yep, and I was talking with the family about, um, it always had intrigued me that the daughter of Jairus was 12 years old. Yeah. The woman with the issue of blood had been bleeding for 12 years. Mm-hmm. She tried all the doctors, spent all of her money, and uh, and that's another thing that I thought was so beautiful about it, is she said, my family cast me out. I'm no one's daughter. And Jesus said, look at me, daughter. You, you are my daughter, right? And he, he calls her out, calls her daughter. It was just so beautiful. And, um, mm-hmm. and my, my other favorite part that he said there in the, in the show was, you have blessed me today by your great faith. Like, it was just so powerful. I think one of the things I'm looking forward to, in addition to the centurion's faith, is um, we see the first resurrection mm-hmm. in this little girl. I love that he said, little lamb, arise, remember my sheep, hear my voice, they know my voice, so powerful, uh, so beautiful, I, I was, I was crying, the, bring extra tissues, uh, Dallas and the team, I heard someone say the other day, Dallas and the team is making sure the tissue business is doing well, <laughs> and, and, I, and I have a feeling that it's just going to continue going until we wrap up, uh, each of the seasons are about eight, eight episodes, and so we're, we're getting close, so next episode is episode six. And so uh, they're winding down. Unfortunately, that means we're going to have to wait forever. Uh, <laughs> hopefully not. Hopefully not. Come on, Dallas. Come through. But um, one of the ones I'm looking forward to is seeing the next two resurrections. And so yeah. the little girl had barely been dead for any period of time. The next resurrection is the resurrection of, uh, it's a, a widow in Nain, N-A-I-N, her son. And he's been dead for a little bit. And so we've seen the progression. Um, and then Lazarus. My guy. Like, I really like this dude. I like the way that him and Jesus have already had this kind of chemistry on screen. And and, uh, and it's going to color it more. Lazarus was dead for a number of days. And so they're they're building into it. And, and what, what, what it really settled for people in the scriptures, and it should settle for us uh, in today's world, is Jesus is able to resurrect anyone and anything, mm-hmm. regardless of time. And so while they may have said, oh, maybe it was just... I don't know. She stopped breathing for a little bit. Maybe she wasn't dead. Well, the other dude was dead. And then Lazarus was so dead that the scripture says, Are you sure you want us to roll the stone away? He stinketh. Y'all, listen. When someone says you stinketh, that ain't good. <laughs> like, King James, stinketh. Like, right? I can't wait to see what they do with that. Yeah. In like a chosen term. And to see the funny part about it. Like, yeah. oh goodness, he stinketh. Okay? Uh, and so it'll both be a... 
I think a, a good element and a fun element in that regard. But also, um, it's also where we see the shortest scripture in the Bible, Jesus wept. Uh, part of it is, I believe, Jesus weeping for our natural state, like people that don't believe, people that aren't getting it. We're seeing that theme uh, that is grieving Jesus. But I also genuinely, genuinely believe that Jesus did love Lazarus. And so I think we're going to see kind of like a, a, a parallel there played out on screen. I also have really enjoyed the way that Mary and Martha gravitate towards Jesus already in, in the episode where he was at Nazareth. Yeah. And so Mary is like watching him. She's like, I think he's Messiah. Uh, you know, obviously Lazarus seems to be on that same boat. Martha was a little bit kind of skeptical, but they were the only people in the room aside from Jesus's mother that responded to Jesus in a positive way when he said he's Messiah. Everyone else was polarized negative. And, and like friends that just got done playing Trigon with him, you know, out there in the field, laughing and joking, were ready to stone him and kill him. Yeah. And so it's like we, we see all these kind of dynamics kind of going on, and, and, and those were the only positive voices for him. And so um, I appreciated that. And so I think it'll be a, a bit of a heart-wrenching episode as well, uh, as is the theme of The Chosen. But, um, but I believe it will be good nonetheless. And, and the other thing I'm, I'm hoping to see uh, in the next couple episodes is a resolution uh, to Eden and Simon's journey. Um, you know, obviously I don't want them to stay mad at each other forever. Uh, I don't believe that they did, um, you know, even though we don't see all of that in the Scripture. Uh, we know that, that Peter still was, you know, serving people through his house, and his mother-in-law was serving people, and all of that we see in Scriptures. And so I felt like uh, his house in Capernaum was a home base, and I don't see how that would be possible if there was still strife in the home. And so um, I believe it will be resolved. Um, I, I know that it was a, a creative um, choice for them to choose how this pain came about. But to be fair, they, they also were kind of saying it had to be something that you couldn't see, right? It had to be something that was somewhere elusive and you didn't know what was going on. Uh, but it just kind of came out of nowhere. And it, and it reminds us that, um, you know, as we, as we do these great things for the Lord... We're going to face all kinds of attacks and adversity and things like that. But it's how we handle it and how we love each other, how we, uh, you know, band together and how uh, it's so important that, that Peter could have said, I'm back home, Eden. How have you been? What's going on? How, how can I, I be present for you? And, and so we as guys miss that, but I think we all miss that from time to time as we get kind of wrapped up in what we're doing and we forget that um, the, the kingdom first, I believe, is about relationship. God wants us to have relationships uh, with each other and with him. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, we ought to practice what we preach. You know, hey, we're, we're preaching the good news, but we don't preach the good news at home. We don't live the good news at home, right? And, and so uh, I think that's been interesting. It's been a little bit painful for me to see Eden's sadness yeah. in the midst of Jesus. Like he's teaching them about this new wine mm -hmm. and you can see the sadness in her. You see like Jesus like, and, and he's watching her. And, and hey, even, I will say this, and I love this. Matthew and Andrew both knew something was up. And they're like, mm, what's going on? Are, are you okay? And, and they had the, the, I don't know, the heart, the right heart, I guess, is what it would be to say, are you okay? Mm -hmm. And that's what Peter should have done. Are you okay? What's going on? Let's let's talk. Let's let's really gonna deal with everything. And, and I don't think he's done that. I think... Uh, he's still kind of running, so to speak. He's still unsure. I mean, yeah. when, when Jesus calls us, do you ever feel like you're qualified and, and you got all this? I don't. I, I don't think Peter does. And so he's he's. I think he's still battling that. And and Gaius like summed it up almost perfectly. He's like, 
I feel like you're one of those guys that has to always be doing something with your hands. And so he's like, you're fidgety. You're like, you're messing, you know, you got to be messing with something. And it's like, how much are our, our fellas that way sometimes? Now, maybe girls are that way too. Not not going to single it out that way. But um, but I can see that. And, and even in the midst of his frustration, um, I... He, he didn't run to Jesus. Jesus said, if you're, if you're burdened, come to me. How often do we try to solve it ourselves? How often do we say, well, if I just build something or if I just do something, it'll get better. And it doesn't. It actually makes it worse because now, now we're thinking about it more while we're doing stuff. And, and so you can definitely see that kind of turmoil going on with, uh, with Simon in this. And then um, I just now remembered it, but one of the last things that I thought was uh, both funny and, and dynamic, so I'm curious to see where this goes, but uh, Zebedee, uh, the, the father of James and John, sells his boats, and the boys are kind of like a little bit upset by it initially. And then he's like, I, I bought an olive grove. And then you get to see um, Mary and Tamar, I think is her name, and Zebedee and Judas Iscariot actually go to this vineyard and, and kind of barter and, and you know uh, make a deal so that you can have an olive grove mm-hmm. to produce oil um, for Jesus and all that. So I'm, I'm wondering, I don't know if this grove is old enough to be Gethsemane or in the right location, uh, but I, I see some of the parallels in uh, the, the oil press kind of language. And so mm-hmm. I'm curious to see where they're going with the olive grove, if it's simply just a, a way to fund and facilitate ministry you know, things, uh, if it's a way that uh, Judas will get rich and try to hide things. Uh, because we know that will happen, greed will get to him, and it will shift him. And so right now we're seeing a, a, a good guy that we all are liking and enjoying, um, and he's crafty, you know, in, in a good way, where he's like, hey, we're going to get you, and we're going to pay 30%, and you're going to work the field, you're going to teach us what to do. And so you're seeing his tactic, but I, I'm worried that this is the element that's going to bring in the um, the portion of Scripture where it says Judas was in charge of the money and would often keep some for himself. And so he's stealing from the money back. Jesus knows this. I think he's known about it from the beginning. And he's wanting to see what kind of man Judas is and how he walks that out. And as we know in scripture, um, he doesn't do well. He, he, he fails. Peter fails. But unlike Peter, he, he doesn't come back to Jesus. And so I think that's what the writers are also kind of coloring is mm-hmm. when you mess up, when you're going through these journeys, come to Jesus. Jesus is the only one that could get us through it. And so... Um, I'm liking all of this um, scripture and all of these uh, storylines just coming together, and I love the way the team is is doing it. Um, anything else? Any other hi- highlights or things we missed? Um, we always love the scenes with Matthew because when yeah. he was talking about, um, they were talking about fasting, which were in 21 days of prayer and fasting, which I always thought was a funny, was funny. parallel. Um, Jesus says, "When I when I'm gone," and Matthew immediately picks up. When you're, when you're gone? What do, what do you mean by that? <laughs> you know? He's like, hang on to that. So it's like, you can already see that Matthew's wheels are turning and, and he, he's, you know, he's catching on. Uh-huh. And, and so I've often wondered how the disciples would um, uh, like process what Jesus is saying. And so he says it a few ways and Andrew was so funny. He's like, I'm going to be the first to admit I have no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> and then so Jesus says it another way and, and uses the uh, the, the wineskin uh, illustration. And so it's like, oh, it blesses me so much that we're not the only ones that are like, 
Kaya, um, I'm gonna be honest with you, I have no clue what you said. And he's like, hold on a second, let me show you. You're right. You know, so Jesus is such a good teacher that he can tell us, he can show us, he, you know, he can make us feel it, make us hear it, make us smell it, all of the above. And so uh, he's activating their senses and teaching. And he's like, okay, well, let me show you. And they talk about wine. They talk about the the wine skins. And so I thought yeah. that part was pretty cool. What else? Am I missing anything? This is so good. Like these episodes, I feel like they're too short. This one was like maybe fifty-eight minutes or fifty-five minutes. Yeah, it looked so. like maybe a little over an hour or so. Yeah, yeah. The the first two I think were an hour and ten minutes or something like that. So not much longer, but like you definitely can tell when there's so much in the storyline. It's like oh, it could totally be longer. Like absolutely be longer and be okay. So anything else? Any other highlights that you're thinking of? I don't think so. All yeah, right, covered it all. Well, we, we are very excited for the next episode. We can't wait to see what happens. Uh, stay tuned for more, and we will see you next time on Table Talk.